dare great things for Christ. Christ calls us to dare great things. In the marketplace, as well as in the mission field, there has never been a time like the present for the spirit of the Catholic entrepreneur. Now is the time for men and women of great courage and great vision to engage our church and our culture. Now is the time to dare great things. And here is your host as we dare great things, Father Nathan Cromley, the president and founder of the St. John Institute. All great leaders dare to dream. But what do you do when the dreams have gone dry? Where does our power to come up with great ideas or great initiatives come from? In a Christian view of leadership, it comes from deep within our hearts, made in the image and likeness of God, which is why the redeeming power of Christ to heal us and our sense of ourselves is the key to unlocking our desire to dare great things for Christ. Journey with us as we explore self-acceptance and His power to change our lives. Hey everybody, thanks so much for joining us for this special course that we're running here on the power of dreaming and the power of aspiring for daring great things for Christ. And of course, this is part of the unique way that we approach leadership from a Catholic perspective um, uh, here at the St. John Leadership Network called the Audeo Theory. And what the Audeo Theory is, is basically looking at how all of our leadership boils down to our ability to act to act well, okay? So I mean, all leadership flows in and through our actions. So the tighter, the denser, and the richer that we can make our actions, the more impactful we'll be able to make the, 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 the results that come from them, and the more impactful our leadership will in fact be. So what is at the heart of all of our actions is the beginnings, the daring to desire, having the ability to look down the field and say, I want to get that done. And of course, this is that thought. Can you imagine if your employees had a, a, a developed sense of desire? I mean, wouldn't it be amazing if the people working for you were to come into work every day saying, I can't wait to make this better. I can't wait to put myself forward and to advance the, the common cause, you know, towards the goal line. It'd be amazing to have a motivated team uh, and a motivated team flows from a motivated boss, a motivated leader, right? So what, how, how do you look at your job? Do you go every day into the office or into the workplace saying, I can't wait to push this even further, to develop this even more, right? I mean, if you do, you're going to be happy. Right? The, a big component of workplace happiness is in our ability to embrace what we're doing as if it was meaningful and a part of our life. Something that I personally want to do and personally want to accomplish, right? Well, how do I do that? Sometimes it's very hard. Sometimes it's even impossible, but our actions will be the most impactful when they flow from a personal act inside of ourselves. One of the worst things that we can do is isolate what we do every day for eight to 10 hours from, from whom we are. For just saying, okay, I check in. I'm basically selling my life to the company. They give me money. I give them time. And then that's it. And it's bad because it's bad, number one, for you. It's also bad for the company. I mean, you're not going to really be advancing things down the field when you're not motivated to, to, to lead, right? Leadership comes from the inside of a person. And that's something we go back to time and time again. You can learn different techniques. You can learn different skills. You need to do those things. But real leadership, it comes from a human being 
who wants to accomplish something from the inside and is there in the circumstances that they have of their workplace, of their family, but who's asserting something new, bringing a desire, a drive, a motivation to bear its influence on the setting and the situation in which they find themselves, right? Anytime you do that, you're going to lead that environment. You're going to change it by having the fire within spread through your actions into the situation on the outside. And you can do this in any situation. Anytime you claim an environment by the power of the drive that's inside of you or the desire that you have on the inside of you with deafness, with, with gentleness, with nuance, with intelligence, of course. But anytime you do that, you're going to transform that environment. You're going to leave an impact. You're going to make an influence spread. And when you do that as a Christian and, and, and envel enveloped in his grace and following God from the inside, God's going to do his great work through you. He's going to make his influence be known in our world through you and bringing your influence into this world. This is what's so marvelous about you. But the thing that you have to remember here is that God will do this but he will do it by respecting the laws of human nature, right? And the laws of human nature are that every, every one of our authentic desires comes from our ability to choose to yield to it. And this is broken in a lot of people. A lot of people have a hard time loving, have a hard time really accepting that that goal that they want is actually attainable for them. You know, and, and this is, of course, from broken self-esteem, from rejection, from betrayal, from failure, from judgment, from condemnation, from all those different things that are out there in the world and that are in our lives. And when we compound those, if you've accepted that kind of, of rejection or failure into your heart, well, you're not even going to try to move forward anymore. You're going to be like someone who's given up on dating, right? Why? Because, well, none of the girls understand me anymore. You know, they, they're not, it's not even worth trying. I'm never going to find anyone, right? So we just kind of give up on it. And then we give up on, on conversation. We give up on relationships. We give up on our prayer life, right? And when we do that, what's really happening is that we're, we're isolating our heart from pain. We're saying, I don't want the pain anymore. So the easiest way to avoid the pain of failure, rejection, or bitterness, or whatever it is, is to simply not try. Well, there's a concomitant that goes with that. When you give up on, on that and you stop because you don't want the pain of failure anymore, so you give up on the effort, the other thing that you give up on is your influence and the impact that your life is supposed to have in the world. And when you give up on that influence, and you stop exerting yourself by asserting the wonder of your being and the beauty of your person forth into the world, the world gets that much darker. And when, and in a lack of leadership, the, the void ends up taking over. And instead of us being led by valiant, wonderful, beautiful Christian souls who are illuminating the world with hope and healing and, and, and acceptance and beauty, we allow ourselves to be dominated by a culture of death, right? A materialism and negativity and judgment and division and all these terrible things. And I'm saying the only reason that that darkness can come into our culture is because the light has failed to shine. And so if I go right to the heart of it and I say, well, why isn't the light shining? I think I see deep down inside a lot of us just tired of being beaten up, tired of being disappointed, 
tired of the pain that comes from trying. And so we isolate our little hearts and we say, I'm not even going to dare to dream anymore. Yes, well, that's fine. It might sound, it might sound logical, okay? It's just not Christian. <laughs> I got some good news here for you all, okay? And that's that that attitude, though it might sound, you know, completely self ability able to be accepted by, you know, you, it, it's not acceptable. A Christian follows the Savior who is hanging upon a cross, all right? Talk about being vulnerable. Talk about suffering. Yeah, but that, that's the one who's leading us forward. And what does he command us to do? He commands us to follow him. Follow I mean, follow Jesus. Well, it means, it means he's saying, I want to protect that heart of yours. Will you let me be your shield? Will you let me be the one who guarantees and protects who you are? But you cannot stop trying just because you've felt the bite of failure and the pain of rejection so many times. Your heart must not shrivel up, <laughs> kind of like the Grinch, right? If you remember what, that whole beautiful story of, uh, from that cartoon in the 60s, right? The, the, the mean one, Mr. Grinch, right? Because his heart is made of coal until he rediscovers love. And then even his heart can expand. And that's the beauty of Christ. He will protect your heart. He will heal your heart. But he will command us to move forward with heart. And what's the secret behind that? Well, I want to get into that because I think when you really look at it, the secret of moving forward in desire, surprisingly and almost paradoxically, the secret for desiring other things comes from accepting who you are deep inside. We're going to get into that. Would you like to hear more from Father Nathan? Join the St. John Leadership Network and receive a two-minute glance at the gospel every Sunday morning right to your phone. To learn more, go to www.stjohnleadershipnetwork.org slash member and join for free today. So foundationally, I know as a leader that my job is to take the common responsibility, the shared load that we have, and to move forward in an exciting, innovative, driven, a way that will bless the world, okay? So knowing that, the key that, uh, that everything is happening from the decisions that I have to make to the flexibility that I have to demonstrate to the team building and the group motivation, group dynamics that I have to manage, all of those things, they depend upon something even more foundational. They depend upon you saying, this is something I want. Can you say that about your jobs? Can you say that about your family? Right? So many times we, you know, we get so overwhelmed with all the circumstances happening that we forget the beauty, the joy, the, and, and, I mean, the incredible blessing that God gives us by having a family. And, but the moment that someone says, this is what I want, this is who I am, is the moment that they're almost like released into leadership. Right? Because it, but it comes from this really deep decision that I made. I remember talking one time to a, a family that had gone through really difficult uh, strife in their marriage and they, they were having a, a fight around the table and one of their children asked them are you getting a divorce and the the wife was just obviously in a very strong emotional state turned to her husband and said well are we and the husband looked at her and said that word will never be said again in this house meaning divorce and from that time on the wife later on bore witness she felt safe she knew they were going to make it because of the husband, 
made this decision inside that no, we are not getting one. Yes, we are going to make it through. He went, reached deep inside and beyond all the strife and all the fighting and all of the pain that they each had and were inflicting on each other, there was a decision. I want this family. I want this marriage. I want this. And the two of them worked their way through and now have been married for many, many years. It's an incredible story. But it's a story that, that, that speaks to this point. Right? The thing that I cannot get around is that my life will not change for the better, both in terms of me being more of an instrument of Christ and making this world better, but also me being satisfied with what I do until I allow my heart to breathe again. Right? And if you say, well, what is required to let your heart breathe again? And the foundation of, of a heart is, surprisingly, its own relationship with itself. Here's what I mean by that. Think about it this way. When you love someone, you only want to give something good to that other person, right? So if you look at yourself as being bad or unlovable, there's no way you're going to approach other people and try to, to show them love, befriend them, open yourself up, because you're, you're convinced that you are worthy of being rejected, right? So the key to loving other people is that deep down inside, I've got to love myself, We'll now look at it in a, in, a, in a less relationship way, in a more general way in your life. If you know that I'm supposed to do something, assert myself, drive up a mountain, build a house, create a project, take a picture, whatever it is that you need to do, well, that all depends upon whether or not you think that you're going to be able to succeed. Whether you see yourself as a wonder worth putting its, yourself forward for or not. And, and honestly, I think we really have a problem today. Our leadership problem stems from the fact that we don't love ourselves enough. We don't look at ourselves as a gift that this world needs, that God wants to give to this world. I mean, can you imagine if every day you woke up in the morning and you said to yourself, like, God, I, God has put my day out there in front of me so that I could do something great for him with it. <laughs> you know what I mean? You'd be like, it would be amazing, right? The openness, the love, the excitement, the energy, the enthusiasm that we could take into our days. It'd be incredible. Incredible. But most of us, instead, we wake up in the day and we say, oh my goodness, you know, I just hope that I can get through the day and be quiet by myself again, you know, and, and just, you know, eke out an existence and cause as few problems as I possibly can. But that's not the Christian way. That's acting like there's a problem with you. Right now, of course, there's a problem with us called sin. Of course, we're broken. Of course, we're not perfect. I understand all that. But the beautiful thing about and the challenging thing about Christianity is that you're supposed to be on a pathway of conversion, everybody, <laughs> which means just saying, hey, look, I'm a sinner. I'm a broken person. Therefore, I'm going to go silent in the world and I'm not going to try to do anything right because that way I'm safe. I'm just going to prove to everybody that I shouldn't even be here to begin with. Well, that, that's not a witness to the cross and the redeeming power of Jesus. The witnesses to the cross and to the redeeming power of Jesus are the people that say, despite my brokenness and the evil that I carry and that I'm capable of, I know that I am loved by a God who is calling me to love him back. And so I'm going to try and try and try again. Hey, but you see where it all starts. And this is the power of the Christian message for leadership. Why I'm so proud to be able to do this with the St. John Leadership Network is because it all starts deep inside with you knowing that you're loved. That you are made fearfully 
and wonderfully by the hand of God. That in, before your mother knew you, God knew you. And he formed you in your mother's womb. And he has written your name in the stars of the heavens, in the book of life, and in the blood that he shed for you upon the cross. That you are known and loved and irreplaceable. What an incredible thought. And, if I, it can, and what if it was true? I mean, what if you woke up in the morning with God Almighty as your best friend? Instead of the judge that you think is going to condemn you, or the one that you're afraid to disappoint, what if you realized that he was your biggest fan? <laughs> I mean, you know, obviously, you got to be careful when you say all that, but then again, there's something true about it. Nobody loves me more than God. Nobody wants me to succeed more than God. Nobody's more excited about me waking up in the morning than God. I mean, that's the beautiful truth that I'm going to proclaim to you guys. You are loved by Almighty God. Now, accept that deep down inside. And immediately when you do, what's going to come up? Every, all the reasons why you're not. You're going to say, oh, yes, but, yes, but, yes, but. And I'm just kind of like, you know, keep your butts to yourself, everybody, okay? <laughs> because the, that, the, why don't you just say yes instead? Why well, say, well, then why do I do with this, this evil that I've done, this brokenness, my past, my bad personality, all these different things? And I'm going to say, you bring them to the foot of the cross. Welcome to Christianity, everyone, where sinners find redemption. My problem isn't that the Redeemer isn't there. My problem is that the sinners are scared to go to him. And I'm like, don't be scared to go to the Redeemer. We need you out in that battlefield, which means we need you healed. Your children, your spouses, your employees, your people, your world is waiting for you. And you come from God. Put your heart in God and then put your body into work. <laughs> and that, when, that's, when that happens and your heart is in God, then your body is going to transform this world based upon the beauty that's in your heart. And that combination is Catholic leadership and it's God's gift to our world and it's God's gift to you and it's what we need to bring forth. Would you like to start your Thursday mornings with a scriptural leadership lesson? Join the St. John Leadership Network where Father Nathan hosts a 30-minute call at 6.30 a.m. in all four U.S. time zones. To learn more, go to www.stjohnleadershipnetwork.org slash member and join for free today. So foundationally, when we look at, at what God's message for us is, we are looking at an incredible recipe here. And I've got respect for everybody's viewpoints, okay? I know that there are some out there, right, who are atheists or agnostic. And, and, and you know, I, I, a lot of infinite respect for everybody on their journey, everybody who's in a search, okay? But I want to also just, in a sense, celebrate the beauty of the unique proposition that Christianity offers. And I want to say it to all of you atheists, agnostics who are out there. That's fine. Again, look, infinite respect. But on your journey, I'd like for you to hear a neat message, a message that maybe that you haven't heard before. And it's the idea that's the core bedrock of who we are as Christians that says that Almighty God made us unique, irreplaceable, unrepeatable, in his image and likeness, in a way that's all our own. That there is never anybody before us who was like us, and never anyone ever going to be ever created again who will be like us. Every human being created was created with a plan 
that comes from God, right? Now, again, that means that you were made in a, with a plan, a mission, a desire that comes from the heart of God, which means that your reference point for who you are and what you're supposed to do in your life, right, and the great things you want to accomplish, it shouldn't be what the opinion of the world is or what all the elders around you say that you should do. Those are fine things, kind of, but in the end and final analysis, your reference point is God alone. Every one of us was created in this solitude, right? Because I was created directly by God. Now, I was created, of course, with my parents and their help and that they fashioned the body, but my soul was made by God and by God alone. And there was a unique covenant, a bond between him and me as a father to a son that requires me to look to him like a son to his father in order for me to know the deep reality of who I am. Now, again, look at how wonderful that is. I just said that every human being can only be defined by God. <laughs> I get that the greatness and the trajectory of our life can only be defined by God himself. That if you really want to know who you are and who you're supposed to be, you have to look to God. I think that that's the most marvelous news and most incredible. It's just, it, what if each one of us realized that? And we said, you know, therefore, like, well, what about my defeats and my failures? What about all the relationships that I've broken, the people that I've hurt? And you could be able to say, well, are they bigger than God? The answer is no. Well, then I've got to give them to God and let God in. What about all the, the ways where I've fallen short and where I haven't lived in that light? Well, is it bigger than God? Well, no, God's the biggest thing. He's bigger than anything. Well, all right, then if he's bigger than anything, well, then I have no reason to stop me. I have to therefore learn to live as a Christian in this constant reference point of turning away from evil and putting my eyes to the light, but not taking my heart away from the hope that says that almighty God who made me for a purpose is going to bring me to fulfill that purpose by his grace. And I'm going to put my hand in the hand of the Savior and I'm going to walk every single day doing what I can in order to radiate his love and peace because I am made unique, fearfully and wonderfully made with an immortal soul that will never pass away. Guys, what an amazing perspective this is to be a Christian. I was made by God and I will never die. My days on earth are numbered, but my days on earth simply give birth to the rest of my entire existence, which will not come to an end. I will go on forever, either in heaven with God or in hell apart from God. Well, I'm going to be in heaven with God. That's my goal. That's what I'm working for. And therefore, what a glorious future is mine. And if I really get into that, then I realized that my name, my identity is a priceless gift. It's willed by God. That my, who I am deep inside is a gift from God to everyone else. Now that's a perspective of faith. And I understand it's not always easy to keep in that perspective. I understand. But I want you to protect that perspective, not only because it's beautiful, but because it's dangerous. <laughs> dangerous in a really good way. Dangerous in that if we could have that perspective, we will lead everywhere we go. When someone loves themselves and has accepted their unique strengths and their unique limitations, what they, who they are and how God made them, well, 
I mean, the doors open for them to be able to then give themselves in love with true humility. I'm not saying I am God. I am not saying that, that I, I'm, I'm perfect. What I am saying is that I'm unique and beautiful and wonderful. And my relationships, therefore, become opportunities for me to bring through the love that's in my heart to, to bring goodness and to make this world a little bit better. Right? And of course, we're looking at just not just a little bit better, but even to make the world a lot better. Because what I learned that I want, when I want a project or I want a goal or I want to achieve something and to motivate, the real profound roots of motivation are when I see the thing that I want to achieve as being linked to who I am. When I see that, then I identify it as a good, something that will develop and enhance who I am. So if I've accepted who I am as coming from God and as a gift, I'm going to be free to want to do a lot of things. My heart's going to be open to developing and moving things because I realize every time I achieve something that's good, I become better at the same, by the same token. And I expand and I grow and I develop. And since foundationally I've accepted myself as a gift coming from God and meant to, to be given to others, there is nothing wrong with me developing. You see how this works? And so I go after things and I move the thing forward because my foundation is rooted in the faith that the, someone for whom God died in the flesh by sending his son, right? For whom Jesus Christ gave his life is someone who's intended to live. And if he died for me, then I'm going to live for him and put aside the small things and the limiting things that, every, that comes from all the failures and the betrayals and all the things that can make my heart shrivel up. And I'm going to put my heart in the heart of God. And therefore, it's almost like unleashing a lion. When I think that God loves me, it becomes easy for me to love the world. And that's the secret. Do you know that God loves you? And are you willing to let him love you? Go to confession. Dump all of your, your, your reasons that he doesn't love you at his feet and at the foot of the cross. Let yourself be born again. Because when you do, the glorious things that God wants to accomplish through you can begin. And you enter into the arena of life as if you were playing there for someone greater than yourself. And that, my friends, is a wisdom worth living for. Dare great things for Christ. Share your feedback with Father Nathan. Send us an email at info at stjohninstitute.org. That's info at stjohninstitute.org. And don't forget to subscribe to premium video content to form, unite, and inspire you at Eagle Eye Pro on our website, eagleeyeministries.org. That's eagleeyeministries.org.